Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our current event in weekly Bible study for March 22nd, 2009. And this study is going to be a new one, and it's basically entitled, uh, this is a declining morality expose. We're going to be looking at a lot of different things going on, particularly in America, um, regarding morality and, and um, its descent into the pit of hell, unfortunately. This base article is from Cutting Edge. It starts out by saying, America's declining morality is plunging to new unprecedented lows as lawmakers propose a, quote, sin tax on pot and prostitution as a way to raise money needed in these difficult economic times. Just as Christians have been warning for years that anti-Christian morality has been one of the main themes of the popular, uh, popular in the past 40 years, rock and roll, country, western, hip-hop, and rap music, the birds are now coming home to roost, as this news story clearly demonstrates. This is from ABC News from February 6th of this year. <clears throat> Rough recession tests Nevada's brothel boundaries. And then it goes on to say, why not license everything we consider a vice? Nevada is the only state in the nation to legalize the world's oldest profession, but only in the most rural communities. The big cities of Reno and Las Vegas remain off limits. But that is a boundary this recession is now testing, as the brothel business meaning the prostitution business, becomes a target of opportunity for a state in desperate need of tax revenue. So they're going to be wanting to, tar to tax all of the prostitution going on as an other uh, means to make money. Now David Bay comments when he says, this is, I mean, this is David Bay, he says, when I was a toy buyer for two very large corporations, I sadly concluded that there was no room in the entire industry for Christian morality. Rather, the only morality in the entire toy retail market was sales. I was shocked to discover this fact, because I originally thought that the types of products specifically made to sell to our young children would be based upon what is good and right for them. When I discovered the only morality is sales and profits, I resigned as soon as I could find another career, a process which took slightly more than six months. Cutting Edge Ministries grew out of this dramatic, traumatic career change. Because of the lack of Christian morality in the toy industry, you can find books on witchcraft and many toy stores. While many, well, Harry Potter, when I would think of, while many toys are created with a storyline based upon the occult or upon sex. I mean, have you seen like these these brats dolls? They should call them sluts dolls. I mean, they are the sluttiest, most whorish things you've ever seen. Totally, unbelievably inappropriate. Why would anybody? Give one of those to their to their little girl, but these people are so devoid of discernment. You know, it's just like they let their kids have anything. You know, it's just unbelievable. I don't even go in those. I haven't been in one of those places in I don't know how long, but I do remember. You know, some of the times I've been in there, and I just was absolutely shocked at you know some of the toys that they had in there, particularly a lot of the ones targeted at girls. I mean. <laughs> just unbelievable. Uh, so because, but, you know, they wouldn't put those toys out if they weren't being bought. So, I mean, if the little Bratz dolls weren't being bought, they couldn't put them out. So, obviously, really the, the, um, the problem lies with the parents because, you know, Satan will, if, if Satan will put out the bait, but you have to be the one that takes the bait. And that's what's going on with this toy industry.
just in part. Now that America is in difficult economic times, we are discovering that the only morality left in this country is sheer expediency. Or at least the same level of expediency I discovered in the toy business. In the next segment, we shall discover that the only morality in the minds of some lawmakers is the, is the need to raise cash by various state agencies. Taylor just informed me about, I guess, some strike certain moms were going on where they had the new Barbie dolls that had tattoos you could put on. Not only them, but evidently yourself. And tattoos are straight from the pit of hell. Okay, I've got into this entire... I really need to do a whole teaching on tattoos. Because every time you get a tattoo, it's essentially like an adopted demon program. And it's a proven fact that tattoos, a lot of the people that actually own tattoo parlors are Satanists, or at bare minimum involved in the occult. Going so far as to bless the needles that apply the ink from the tattoos and these types of things. And this is why most of the time if you see somebody get one tattoo, it never ends. They're obsessed with getting more and more and more because it's a demonic obsession. You're marking your body, and there are biblical things in the Bible which... which forbid these types of things, and just common sense, you should know. But evidently, they've got Barbies now that you can put tattoos on, and then you can put them on yourself, and, you know, it's all a ploy of the devil. Barbie dolls are, are, are terrible, too. They're, they're, Bratz dolls are a notch or two ab above the um, whore factor, I would have to say, with the average Barbie doll. But all that stuff, I mean, it, it is, it's evil. It's just flat evil. So, if we go further... Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> Nevada State Senator Bob Coffin. I wouldn't like that as my last name, Coffin. It, but it's Coffin. Bob Coffin um, said that there is a $2 billion budget shortfall in proposed cuts that include teacher salaries that have left Nevada with little choice but to get creative. Um, people are licensed to gamble, Coffin said. They are licensed to sell cigarettes. They are licensed to sell alcohol. Why not license everything that we consider a vice? Now, just as a sidebar here, what if this Bob Coffin guy had his own line of funeral parlors? That would be kind of appropriate. And his last name's Coffin. He owns a funeral funeral home. I don't know. I mean, it's just something to think about. Coffin's funeral homes. I, I don't know. It's just something to think about there. You know, you could go in there and he's complaining about how, you know, business is dead. I don't know. I'm... My name's Bob Coffin. I got my own line of funeral homes. I, I don't know. Just something kind of kind of think about that. A little light humor. Sorry. Um, so he goes on to say they're licensed to sell alcohol. Why not license everything we consider a vice, including sex? Nevada's brothel owners would like nothing more than for lawmakers to levy. Would like nothing more than for lawmakers to levy taxes on them, because first lawmakers would have to legalize prostitution throughout the state. Oh, I see where they're going here. Then it makes it legitimate. See, they, if they get the government stamp of approval on it, why not? Well, they, they couldn't make them a non-501c3 because it is a for-profit. But um, Going further, it says, right now prostitution is legal only in rural counties while being illegal in Reno and Las Vegas. How much additional money could these brothel owners realize if prostitution were legal in gambling cities? Not to say tons of prostitution doesn't go on in those cities. Because they don't call Las Vegas Sin City for nothing. Uh, I have no desire to ever go to that place. I'm sorry. I don't. I went to Reno once when I was like mm, 23, I think I was. 
with my parents on a vacation. I was in college, and I went to Reno. Now, I, Lake Tahoe, I thought, was one of the most beautiful places I'd ever seen on, on the planet. I'm not talking about gambling. I've never had a bent toward gambling. Even when I was unsafe, I just don't understand it. I don't have any temptation, any desire, never have. Just can't see going there and, you know, the lure of maybe... Maybe making some money, I just, I don't know. It's also, you obviously know that the rules are in the the gambling casino's favors, or the odds. And uh, just not, not something I've ever really been tempted on. It doesn't make me good, I'm just saying. I just, but I remember when I went to uh, Lake Tahoe, oh my word, that's a beautiful place. That is a beautiful place. But we drove down out of the mountains from Lake Tahoe into Reno, and I thought, ooh, this is a terrible place i couldn't stand it i mean at the time it was i don't know what it's like now but it was real kind of like it was like kind of like a real old rundown generic version of probably las vegas and even you know i think i could sense spiritual things at the time and i just i just could not stand being in that town um uh, but anyway that that was the only time i've ever that's about as close as i've ever been there um so anyway if we go further the state senator estimates Nevada could bring in an immediate $2 million a year by taxing the existing brothels. And up to $2 million, $200 million a year in the brothel business is allowed to expand into Vegas. Wow. I mean, that, that's a lot of money. Two hundred. I mean, I know not in comparison to a trillion. But my word, that's a lot of money. That is serious money. And if Nevada goes all the way to legalizing prostitution so that they can tax it. America has just entered into a new, lower level of personal morality. Other states are also discussing the new sin taxes short of legalizing prostitution. The next article is from the Star Tribune, February 27th of this year, and it's titled, States Consider, states consider Skin Tax on Porn Strip Clubs to Help Budgets. Olympia, Washington. It's enough to make you blush. Some politicians want a bigger taste of the economy's perverted side, pushing for special taxes on dirty magazines, racy movies, sex toys, and strip clubs. In Washington State, a half-dozen cash-strapped legislators recently endorsed a huge sales tax increase on explicit movies, magazines, and other sex-themed products. New York officials recently acknowledged that Governor David Patterson's proposed iPod tax on internet downloads would apply to the online porn purchases, along with tamer diversions such as pop music and computer software. So see, when they legalize all of this, then it, in most people's eyes, legitimizes it. So even if they were thinking it was maybe sin before, hey, if the government's going to legalize it and legitimize it, then it's really not bad. That's what the government is sending the signal, and particularly... I believe it's a matter of time before they implement this. In Texas, state lawyers are fighting to preserve the, quote, poll tax, which is a $5 cover charge on strip clubs that's being challenged by business owners. I believe that is in reference to the polls that the strippers swing on and stuff. I think that's what it's in reference to. Uh, God speaks well to this period of time as he calls for judgment to fall upon nations for their grievous sins. <clears throat> Revelation 18, 4 and 5. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, 
that ye receive not of her plagues, for her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Our sins are stacking like cordwood and are reaching up to heaven. Judgment will not tarry. Next article is entitled, Pepsi produces another TV ad promoting the gay lifestyle. Company combines the promotion of Pepsi and homosexual lifestyle. This is from February 23, 2009. The website is www. <clears throat> pepsico.com and again this is going to be in a pdf file connected with this teaching boycott pepsico because pepsico is the full name of the corporation not just the word pepsi pepsi had released a similar ad uh, before the ad serves this is this new ad it serves two purposes for pepsi to sell pepsi and to promote the homosexual lifestyle the AFA asked Pepsi to remain neutral in the culture war, but the company refused, choosing to support the homosexual activists. Pepsi has made no effort to hide their support from the homosexual agenda, and you can go watch these commercials at this boycottpepsico.com. And boycott is spelled with two T's, and PepsiCo is spelled with Pepsi, but then a C-O at the end of it. Uh, the gay community cheered when the company featured the Queer Eye for the Straight Guy star, that was a show they had on, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. I told, all these gay guys evidently going around telling people how they, how straight guys needed to dress. Yeah, they'll put anything on the TV anymore. But this Queer Eye for the Straight Guy star was Carson Cressley, uh, along with women lusting after some handsome guy on the street. Now, I saw this particular commercial... And it shows, like, this guy walking down the street, and he's, I don't know, these women are, are, are just falling all over themselves trying to get a look at this guy. And then at the very end of the commercial, this Pepsi commercial, this uh, queer guy comes along, this queer eye for the straight guy, and he walks by him, and then it shows the one handsome guy walking toward you, and this queer guy turns around and is looking at this guy's rear end, and is just about falling over fainting. I mean, we're talking absolutely, totally debauched, disgusting behavior. But that's what they're thinking is real cute. God thinks it's an abomination. And, but again, you know, woe to them that call evil good and good evil. And this is what we're doing. This is what we have going on on TV now. Uh, in a gigantic way, just not only on TV, but a, a lot of other um, areas. So in Canada, uh, a bisexual man came out of the closet on a commercial and declared his love for Pepsi and Diet Pepsi. Get it? See, he's bisexual. So he likes both Pepsi and Diet Pepsi. Get it? Being bisexual, sometimes they use the term, they go both ways. Well, this guy likes Pepsi and Diet Pepsi. So this bisexual guy, um, what's, I saw this commercial, you can go watch it up there, on this Boycott PepsiCo. I mean, they're disgusting. Uh, it, it doesn't show anything as far as inappropriate, like, body parts or anything like that, but it's just the whole concept is disgusting. And what it is, there's a guy in a bar, he's there with his two buddies, and they're like, there's this girl at the bar, okay? And they're like, okay, go ask her out, go ask her out. And she's looking at him and he's looking at her. There's all kind of eye contact going on. And so the guy finally says, yeah, I'm going to do it. And so he finally musters up the courage. And 
he starts walking, appearingly walking over to this lady sitting at the bar. And the, when the lady sees him start walking over, she's like an attractive lady. She turns around and looks at him and she's just like waiting for him to come over. And he gets to her and he goes, walks right by her. And then right down about, ooh, I don't know, five feet away from her down the bar, or ten, there's this other lady sitting. And she's like some supermodel, okay? So everybody's thinking, oh, he's going to go to her and ask her out. And she turns and looks at him and she's waiting for him to come up. He walks by her. Goes another ten feet down the same bar and there he is. You know, Mr. Gay Guy, Mr. Stud Gay Guy himself sitting there at the bar waiting for this guy to talk to him. So that's who he ended up going to. And and Guy, you know, he's bisexual. So this is his way of coming out of the closet. This These are actual commercials that Pepsi's putting out right now. And that one evidently aired in Canada. <clears throat> I mean, just just beyond sickening. And again, you know, you look in the Bible and you look, when does God judge a nation? Look at Sodom and Gomorrah. We're no better than them. I, I really don't believe we're in, at least they were, I mean, they were totally out in the open in Sodom and Gomorrah. We try to put some veneer on it like it's a good thing. Like, like with these cutesy little commercials and, and garbage like that. And the churches are doing nothing. I mean, it's not like in Sodom and Gomorrah there was any, you know, uh, churches or things like this. I mean, the Bible talks about Lot. Uh, and the Bible even says about Lot that he, he vexed his righteous soul from day to day with the things that he was essentially observing in Sodom and Gomorrah. And a lot of people say, well, how was Lot considered, you know, righteous? Well, that's what the Bible says. Okay, so um, we're we're living in the midst of of an environment like that, and people are, you know, the society is calling good evil and evil good, and uh, this is where we're at. So this goes on further to say that Pepsi um, and the Fox team, Pepsi and, and Fox Network team up to push the sickening trash to American homes. Now this is the sickest thing I have seen possibly ever, on mainstream TV. I am not going to go into any gory details on this. But, <clears throat> this is the most sickening thing I think I have just about ever reported. I'm talking about on a mainstream TV show. Pepsi sponsors the perverted sickness on Family Guy. I absolutely despise these sickening cartoons that they, that they put on TV. South Park being, I've never even watched South Park, or, or, or any of these shows, really, other than clips, maybe. And I don't advise any of you do it either. But they are so sickening, so perverted, so blasphemous. It started with The Simpsons, okay? But The Simpsons is nothing compared to what's going on right now with shows like South Park, Family Guy, I don't know, there's one or two other ones. American Dad? Is that Okay, American Dad or whatever. Um, <clears throat> they Every chance they get on these shows, they absolutely, totally degrade anything that has any veneer of Christianity. And at the same time, they promote the most debased perversion. Why, how can they get away with that on those shows? And that level of perversion is not going on on a lot of the shows that involve real people. It's because it's a cartoon. 
So you, you put your, you put your guard down. Because, oh, it's a cartoon. Well, you know, it's just zaniness. It's just wacky. It's, it's okay. You know. Now, they haven't got to that level on regular shows mainstream, like ABC, NBC, yet. Okay. And I'm not advising you to even watch that garbage anyway. I'm just saying, they have pushed it to the limit. Satan has found that this is a way that he can push things to the limit. And people generally don't say a whole lot. There's usually not a public, a lot of public outcry over these cartoons. And they are so bad, it's, it's just unbelievable. Uh, this is, um, this is from this organization, Boycott Pepsi. And it says, Pepsi gave the gay lifestyle a major push on March 8th episode of Fox Network's Family Guy. Pepsi and Fox join hands to bring a perverted and sickening episode. Now remember, I don't, I'm not saying all this stuff so I can, I, I can be all upset about perversion and we can do nothing about it. We can all get on our knees. We can all pray to God to deal with this, to judge this wickedness. This is what needs to happen. This is why I did that study on Psalm 64 and imprecatory prayers. For this very reason, this is wickedness. And in God can stop it. The Lord can stop. I understand. Evil men and seducers are wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, according to 2 Timothy 3.13. I understand that. But this is something that really should, I know is grievous to God, and it should grieve us as well. And these are things that we can pray about. So I want to, I'm not just saying this for the sake of shock value, so I can, you know, I want us to do something about it, particularly through prayer and through anything proactive that can obviously be done. And I'll give you some resources about that as well in here. Uh, Pepsi and Fox join hands to bring a perverted and sickening episode of TV families guy into the homes of millions of Americans. This was on March 8th. The episode was rated TV 14 DLSV by Fox, meaning that it was the network's option that it was appropriate for 14 year olds. This wasn't an appropriate for a 200-year-old person. This garbage that I'm going to briefly touch on here. I had somebody email me this, and I just about blushed reading it. I, I'm not going to read you what the, the gory details of this. I'm just going to touch. It's not appropriate for me to even go into this, hardly at all. But I also want you to understand the level of perversion and depravity that we're dealing with at the same time. I mean, this should make you righteous and indignant. The Bible says, be ye angry and sin not. I find my most effective prayers are when I'm righteous and indignant. That's when I really see God's hand move. I, I'm, I'm just telling you from personal experience. I see those chemtrail planes flying. I get mad. That's poison that they're spraying on my Christian brothers and sisters, my little girl, myself, my family, that's poison. This should do the same thing. Um, it says an opinion, uh, this was, this was uh, rated basically appropriate for 14 year olds, which was an opinion shared by both Fox and Pepsi, and it was aired during prime time. Here is what helped the Pepsi sponsor. Um, here's what, now, it goes on, this is what was in this episode. There were, uh, bestiality uh, was made reference to, uh, sex with animals. These things called circuit parties, I don't even know what that is. Okay, it's some gay guy deal thing that they do. 
gay orgies, anonymous oral sex with other men, and eating horse sperm. Evidently, he had a thing of horse sperm in his refrigerator, and his kid poured it on his cereal, and the, the dad had to warn him about it. I can't, re- I'm not going to say anything more than that. It's, it's too perverted. That's probably more than I should have said as alone, and I apologize. But that's what was on primetime TV. But it's a cartoon, so everybody's, it's okay with that. Not everybody, but I'm just saying. And he supposedly turned gay, at least for one episode. And it's just unbelievable. The depravity and the sickness. This is the kind of sickness Pepsi thinks is worth promoting. Because, hey, they sponsored it. And they've got their gay commercials. Late last year, American Family Association asked asked Pepsi, who I I think had a lot to do with putting this out, asked Pepsi to stop promoting the gay lifestyle. Pepsi refused, and AFA launched a boycott in January. PepsiCo gives $1 million to help promote the gay agenda. This was on uh, January 8, 2009. The company forces employees also to attend sexual orientation classes. If you if you're a member, if you go to work at Pepsi Co, you have to attend sexual orientation classes. The company indicated that it will continue major financial support of homosexual organizations. Now, should you be eating or consuming anything that this devil company puts out? And they put out a lot. We're going to go over some of the products they put out. Hit them where it hurts. I mean, I understand, I said, the money. But also, get on your knees and pray about this. Because this is, this is an abomination. Uh, in the sight of God. I mean, this is unbelievable. AFA wrote Pepsi two times on October 14th and October 29th, requesting a meeting to discuss Pepsi's neutrality in the culture war. On November 17th, AFA received a, a condescending letter from Paul Boykus, the Director of Public Policy, in which he refused to address Pepsi's support uh, of the homosexual agenda. In the last two years, Pepsi has given 500000 to the Human Rights Campaign and 500000 to parents, families, and friends of lesbians and gays. The, the $1 million was used to help stop, was used to help promote homosexuality in the workplace. Promoting homosexuality in the workplace. It's that much of a priority. Now understand, every time you buy their products, it's going toward helping, a certain percentage of that is going to helping gay, um, to promote the gay agenda. To promote lesbians and homosexuals. Pepsi refuses to give money to any pro-family organization that opposes the homosexual agenda. Plus, every homosexual organization we know of is also, uh, coincidentally enough, totally rabidly pro-abortion. Isn't that kind of funny that, that, that the most depraved people on the planet, which are the lesbians and the homosexuals, and even according to the Bible, isn't it kind of really funny that they're always rabidly also uh, for abortions, for Planned Parenthood? Isn't it kind of funny? The two, mo- the, the two largest things that will bring judgment on a nation, rabid homosexuality, sodomy, and child sacrifice, which you can, you can look at Jeremiah 11, Jeremiah 7, and Jeremiah 14, 
There comes a time when God says, don't even pray for this people because I won't even hear you anymore. Just look at the, just read Jeremiah 7, 11 and 14. And you'll see what it takes for God to get to that point. And um, normally it will involve child sacrifice. We, we have Sodom and Gomorrah as an example in many other places where, where uh, sodomites are judged and how that sodomy and child sacrifice actually literally defile the land, their blood, the, the sin that's committed, and the blood that, that is shed in child sacrifice, that literally defiles the land. The Bible says that the sodomites and the homosexuals defile the land. Just key in the word homosexual in, in my keyword search box, or part of the word, click on the file, PDF associated with it, and I give you the Bible verses that talk about this in the Old Testament. Now, the, the Old Testament punishment for this was death. You were, you were to kill all. Now, I'm not saying go out and kill them. Okay, but I'm saying in the Old Testament, God took it seriously enough where sodomites were killed on the spot, essentially. They were annihilated because they were defiling the land. They were giving demons and devils rights to occupy the land and furthermore defile it. I did a whole teaching on the doctrine of blood guiltiness where we go into this in detail. You can reference that. Blood guiltiness, just key in part of the word. So, if we go further, uh, both the HRC and the PFLAG, which are these two homosexual groups, supported efforts in California to defeat Proposition 8, which defined marriage and be- between a man and a woman. Oh, we can't have that. We can't have marriage being between a man and a woman, even though that's the way the Bible defines it, defines it and that's the way that it's been for hundreds and hundreds of years here. But they want to change all that. The HRC, <clears throat> the homosexual group financially supported by Pepsi, gave $2.3 million to defeat Proposition 8. Remember, that's, that's, biblical, that's defining marriage as between a man and a woman. They wanted to defeat that. Because the, 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 um, the queers, the lesbians and the homosexuals, so want their sin to be legitimized and justified and, and they're just desperate for that. They know deep down what they're doing is wrong and that they're perverted devils. Okay? But they want so much their sin to be legitimized. And they will do anything that they have got to do to try to shove that down our throats. And they call us intolerant. They're the ones that are actually intolerant. Pepsi forces all employees to attend sexual orientation and gender identity diversity training where they are taught to accept homosexuality. I mean, if that isn't sick, I don't know what is. Here's another article. Pepsi marches into gay pride. The first soft drink to market itself to gay Americans by Michael Wilk. Wilkie. June 29, 2004. Amidst the noisy advertising battle of soft drink titans, PepsiCo has quietly joined the growing list of corporations, marching into the gay pride events. It is the first effort to reach gay Americans by any soft drink in the 63.8 billion annual U.S. cola market. Now, cola isn't something you should be drinking. Okay, I understand maybe once in a while, but it's essentially sugar water. It's, particularly if it's an aluminum can, then you get the aluminum leaching into the, the cola. You get, um, the sugar, which causes all kind of pancreatic problems, particularly if you take it long term, bleached white sugar. 
You have the phosphoric acid in the cola, which if you drop a nail into a can of cola within about two to three to four days, the nail will be gone because the phosphoric acid will just eat it right up. And people live on this stuff. They drink this stuff by the gallon. And it's killing you, and it's also supporting a wicked cause, particularly if you're drinking Pepsi. Coke isn't too far behind on this. They make reference to that in this as well. Um, On the last Sunday in June, floats promoting 80 gay businesses. Non-profits. Yeah. 80 gay businesses and non-profits, which would be the 501c3. Look, churches, look who you're yoked up with. Look what kind of non-profit 501c3s you're yoked up with. Okay, a lot of them are gay or homosexual. Then you have the Satanic Church, the First Church of Satan. They're 501c non-profit too. Look who you're yoked up with when you take that status. I and mean, that's a whole other subject. <clears throat> so the non-profits and the major corporations line the side streets of New York's Fifth Avenue. A cacophony. Don't you love that word, cacophony? Nonetta, you need to use that more in your speech. I, I, I was meaning to mention that to you earlier. A cacophony of competing dance songs blared from each one while muscle boys and drag queens, the dominant and the dominant float decorations, the muscle boys and the drag queens, which are guys that dress up like women. Uh, it, it's really weird, the hierarchy that these queer dudes have. They, they've got some that act real feminine, some that act real manly, some that dress up like bikers. You know, it's just so sickening. Um, but anything that they can do to be perverted, I think is what it boils down to. They are so totally, thoroughly, and utterly demon-possessed. Anything that they can do to shake their fist at God and to act perverted and be perverted and shove their sickness down our throats, they're going to they're gonna do, if, if they can get away with it. But that was the actual dominant float decorations, these the gay guys. They patiently waited their turn to enter into the fray of the massive 35th annual lesbian and gay pride parade. Pride, notice that pride. Pride goeth before a fall, and a haughty spirit before destruction. God hates pride. Okay, we think of pride like, oh, well, I'm proud of this, or I'm God hates pride. Now, I understand, it's one thing to be proud of maybe your child, because he did right. But I'm talking about self-pride. I'm proud of this perverted, wicked, sick lifestyle that, that, that I live and immerse myself in. And pride is really essentially the first sin that was ever recorded in the Bible. Because, what was the first sin in the Bible? It goes before the Garden of Eden. Because Lucifer, when he fell, he was the first angel, or the first cherub. He was a cherub. It wasn't just your regular angel. He was a cherub. And the Bible says because of his merchandise, and because of his beauty, he was lifted up. I believe it says that in Ezekiel. So his beauty, he was lifted up. He was proud. He's proud of his merchandise. That's what it says. Okay, and then it says, and then I will, I will be like the Most High. I will ascend under the sides of the north. He got proud. Pride blinds you. And um, because of that, it's so dangerous. Because a proud somebody that's proud of something, they generally don't see their sin. They don't see themselves as sinning. They're proud of it. It blinds you to the truth. It must have blinded Lucifer. You know, so don't think it couldn't happen to you. And but they always have their gay pride. <laughs> oh boy. 
at more at a more the more sedate float promoting uh, which Pepsi promoted. It was festooned with bubble machines and a DJ spun records from the float's top tier. But the only one in drag was an enormous blow-up Pepsi bottle with a blonde wig. So they, they were a little bit more subtle, but they had a big Pepsi bottle with a blonde wig. Like it was a Pepsi bottle dressed up as a, as a girl in drag. Pepsi employees decked out in a corporate gray or black Diet Pepsi t-shirt and hats jogged down the parade route accompanied by members of the Big Apple Gay Softball League. Now, Diet Pepsi is even worse than Pepsi. Because now you've got Nutrisweet, and, which are Sperotine and or Sucralose, which are all neurotoxins, which are poisons. They are poisons. Just let me tell you that. If you're addicted to those things, and tons of people are, I'm not coming down on you saying that you're a bad person. I'm saying you're addicted to a drug. You could just be addicted to um, Pepsi by itself. Sugar is essentially not a whole lot more than just a drug because they refine it so many times they strip everything out that naturally occurs with it in nature. And it becomes a drug and those people are walking candida factories. They're filled with yeast because that sugar feeds the yeast. That's what yeast feeds off. So they have systemic candida. The candida or the yeast is actually in their bloodstream. And they, and they have to feed their addiction. But the people that are actually drinking Diet Pepsi, they're addicted to a different drug because it's uh, NutraSweet or Sperotine. I don't know if they put sucralose in it or not. Um, but these are drugs that we're dealing with here. Yes, yeah, Splenda. Splenda and NutraSweet. And I've got whole newsletters. But you can go up on the internet... And just key in Splenda or NutraSweet and key in warning next to it, or exposed in warning. You'll find it. You'll find the information. This isn't stuff I'm making up here. It's all by design. This is a wicked, evil company. They're proving this to you. Number one, why would anybody want to consume their products after reading this? And number two, what they're giving you is destroying your body. The devil's accomplishing two different things. You're giving money to the devil, and what you're consuming from the devil, from this devilish company, is destroying you. And the devil knows that a weak, sickly population is easy to rule over and to, and to control. And this is the very reason that these things happen and go on. So if we go further, and then they handed out 8,000 cans of the new Pepsi Edge soda which is half the carbohydrates and sugar of regular, but not quite diet. So it's that happy medium. It's probably got some artificial stuff and sugar in it. That way you can get both of them. Uh, and then they also handed out 78,000 blue Mardi Gras bead necklaces to hundreds of thousands of eager attendees. And those necklaces are wicked too. That's what they give out at Mardi Gras in New Orleans, and that's about all I need to know to know they're wicked. The presence of the purchase, which is a New York-based PepsiCo, was largely inspired by its new gay employee group, Equal, formed in December of 2003. That was a little bit confusing, that sentence, but there's a new gay employee group called Equal, uh, which is within PepsiCo. Okay. Uh, such groups have become a force in motivating their companies to looking at gay marketing. 
A greater presence for Diet Pepsi in gay media is anticipated later this year. <clears throat> Though no details are confirmed, intriguingly, gay themes have already crept into the com- company's general ads. Its Doritos brand, yeah, they make Doritos, featured a commercial with Enrique Iglesias, who has a gay tease joke, while Lay's brand, Lay's Potato Chips, showed several guys posturing not to touch each other during a sporting event. Now remember, PepsiCo owns all of those companies. Okay, Up in Canada, a flamboyant man broke the news of his bisexuality in a Pepsi commercial in which he declared that he loved both Pepsi and Diet Pepsi. We already talked about that one. Pepsi also received, also was a recent supporter of Canada's Pride Vision Gay TV Network. Uh, Arch enemy Coca-Cola supported Divers, which is Montreal's gay pride event, but has not yet made its U.S. gay marketing efforts, aside from sponsoring a gay pride in Atlanta in its home city. So Coke's not too far behind, but they're just not as, you know, quite as aggressive as PepsiCo at this point. Uh, And then, for many advertisers, these pride parades and festival... They should be called shame, but their pride parades and festival sponsorships are the key components of having a presence in the gay community. This year, Bud Light, Delta Airlines, Showtime. Now remember, Bud Light, Delta Airlines, Showtime. The the um, on TV on uh, I think they're closely with like home box office, uh, and then Smirnoff. Starbucks, now I put out whole emails on Starbucks, how wicked they are. Starbucks goddess coffee is what they ought to call that stuff. I don't deal with Starbucks at all. And then also Washington Mutual were among the largest corporate brands strutting their stuff at multiple gay pride events. So keep that in the back of your mind. All of these are are strutting their stuff, promoting the gay pride. Uh, Also, progressive just saw this, um, I don't watch very much TV at all, okay, but Progressive Insurance is running a gay commercial right now, and it's very subtle, because these two gay guys come in, and the one guy said, I don't know, he sold me his watch or something, and now, because he's going to send so much money on car insurance, they're going to be able to buy the watch back or something, and you can, now granted, they're not out there saying, yeah, he's my lover, but you can tell. Okay, so Progressive's getting in on the act as well, Progressive Car Insurance. Now, what can you do? Take action. And remember, this is going to be in my, uh, you can go up to that boycottpepsico.com, but this is also, I give you the, the links in here. Sign the Boycott Pepsi Pledge. After signing the pledge, please call Pepsi at uh, 914-253-2000 or one 800 433-2652 that's 1-800-433-2652 and tell the company you will boycott their products until they stop promoting their homosexual agenda you can also call the Pepsi bottler nearest you and ask them to stop supporting the homosexual agenda Pepsi's products include the Pepsi soft drinks Frito-Lay chips now remember they make a lot of different types Frito-Lay we just mentioned Doritos is one they also have a lot of snacks. Their number is 800-352-4477. 800-352-4477. They also make Quaker Oats. Oh, well, that's a wholesome product. It's got that Quaker guy on, on, the, uh, on the cover. No, that's Quaker Oats. They make them too. 
367-6287. That's Quaker Oats. Tropicana. Tropicana orange juice. I didn't even know this. In fact, I didn't know they made Quaker Oats either. Tropicana orange juice. 1-800-237-7799. 1-800-237-7799. And Gatorade. They make Gatorade too. 1-800-844-2867, 1-800-884-2867. And then you can also print, they have a Boycott Pepsi page and you can distribute it. Why are, the thing is, is here I am, I'm, I'm this little guy up here doing this stuff. Why aren't the churches screaming out about this? I mean, you would think we could get on the same page about this. But see, they might lose their 501c3 corporate nonprofit status and then they're, then they would lose prestige, then they would be in a gigantic mess with the government, with the IRS. Their parishioners would leave in droves because they couldn't write it off on their taxes anymore. So they'd be in a mess. So we let, we'll give them some grace. I'm just totally kidding with that. But, you know, there should be, it shouldn't just be me doing this, it should be every other ministry. I'm sure right now, as I give this thing, I'm sure Smiley Joel Osteen is, is just going nuts. He's probably got veins popping out of his forehead, bringing a fire and brimstone sermon about the same thing that we're talking about right now. What do you think? Benny Hinn's right next to him. They're all armored on with Paul Crouch. They're all there. Todd Bentley, he's up on stage with them. You know, you, you hear Todd Bentley's being re- reinstated and restored. Yeah. Yeah, he's coming back. He's got his, he, he divorced his wife and he's got his, his, uh, his, uh, mistress wife now he married her as soon as the divorce was final but you know he's still you know he's still swinging away but uh that doesn't mean he's ever going to get back to where he was at before as far as the deception level i don't believe that's going to happen i think he's done still and it is something to pray about okay but that just goes to show you how unrepentant and what a devil he is that he has the audacity to dare get back into, into ministry. And that there's actually people out there that are, that are giving him the green light to do it. I believe Rick Joyner is one of them. How sickening. And then you can also forward this teaching in, in the, uh, or the PDF file. Remember, if you go up to any of my teachings or the PDF files, all you have to do on your web browser is go up to the thing to the, um, where it says page and you can send page by link. Just click on that and it'll, it'll give you, it'll give them the whole, thing in an email format you could send the link right to them so that's just something else you could do okay now so let's go further this next article is entitled lutherans propose allowing gay pastors in committed relationships the plan would let local churches decide on non-celibate pastors this is from the tennessean february 20th one of the nation's largest Protestant denominations would allow gay clergy in committed relationships to pastors to pastor local churches under a new proposal from the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. So these wonderful Lutheran churches, they're 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 going to um, this proposal uh, would allow gay clergy in committed relationships. Now, we've went over the biblical qualifications for a pastor. Uh, when I did that teaching on, you know, can women be pastors? Which they can't, according to the Bible. Not according to Scott Johnson, but according to the Bible. Um, pastors to be the husband of one wife. 
It's a foregone conclusion. It's not even a point of debate in the New Testament. Okay, but um, I'm sure a lot of Pentecostal women preachers would maybe, oh, and a lot of other ones, Methodists and Lutherans and stuff like that. But again, they've thrown the Bible out a long time ago. They could care really less about what the Bible says. You know, it feels right to them, and that's all that really matters. But the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And, you know, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So, this is a new proposal from the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. Officially, all unmarried clergy in the 4.9 million member denomination must remain celibate. I didn't, I didn't know that. All unmarried clergy in the 4.9 million member denomination must remain celibate. So, evidently, if you're unmarried, you have to remain that way. That's just like the Catholics. Oh, of course, Catholics, you can't be married at all. But evidently, maybe if you're already married going into it, then you can... I, I didn't realize they were... But again, Lutherans came out of the Catholics. They were part of the Protestant Reformation. Why are they called Protestant? Because they protested what was going on in the Catholic Church. They came out of the Catholic Church. Martin Luther was the one that initiated this. Okay, so... A lot of that spiritual baggage is unfortunately still there. And obviously there, you, you, there's hardly any churches you can go into, whether it's Lutheran or, or Methodist, and get, actually get saved. I'm not saying there's none, and I'm not saying at one time they weren't a lot better than they were today, but, I mean, this is, you, you wonder why there's no outcry. Well, look at what they're letting go on in their own church. You wonder why there's no outcry, I'll, I'll go over this PepsiCo thing that we just mentioned. Well, look at what they're allowing in their own church. You know, they've, they've got, if they had one finger pointed at PepsiCo, they got four fingers pointed back at themselves. So, going further, uh, the, the Lutheran bishops have, have agreed not to discipline gay clergy who are sexually active. Yeah, that's, that's why I want teaching me. Some homosexual gay guy sodomite. That's who I want as my spiritual head. Oh no, that won't affect me spiritually. Think about that. If you if you let that guy be your spiritual head in his 501c3 corporation, oh no, that won't affect you spiritually at all though. <laughs> if the head is sick, the whole body's sick. So you wonder why the people are so sheeple-fied. I just made that up, sorry. I mean, think about it. You, you got this going on and you wonder why they're just like, you know, there's no public outcry. Of whom a man is overcome, the same he has brought into bondage. If you went and sat under one of these, I mean, worst case scenario, a sodomite, who he calls pastor, and, and that's where you're, you're letting yourself be, quote, fed, and you're probably not getting a whole lot of Bible in that particular, I mean, it has to affect you in a horrific way spiritually. On Thursday, a Lutheran task force on human sexuality recommended that local churches and synods, uh, the Lutheran version of a diocese, decide the issue for themselves. If their idea is approved at this summer's churchwide assembly, the denomination would become the largest in the U.S. to allow a non-celibate gay clergy. Lutheran leaders hope the new proposal, which would let churches hire gay pastors, 
involved in lifelong monogamous relationships. How sickening. And it's a proven fact that gays have like this, I think it's over a 90%, 95%. I reported on this. It's in, it's in the file I have on the gay people. The hard statistics on them. Like 95% in these supposed monogamous committed relationships cheat on each other. Because they have the morals of an alley cat. Well, why? Because they're doing something that you have to be just about demon-possessed to do. You do. You have to be demon-possessed to be actively permitted participating in this lifestyle. Well, they're, they're, but this would let the churches hire gay pastors involved in lifelong monogamous relationships. And that doesn't even exist, as we just stated. Um, so this, by doing this, they can avoid the bitter conflicts that have plagued other denominations like the Episcopal Church. Please. So here's what we do. We have the choice between sin and what the Bible clearly lays down and placating the devil and giving the devil what he wants. Well, we're going to take, you know, we're going to take the stance where we're going to allow the sin and we're going to, we're going to allow the gay pastors. That way we can avoid these bitter conflicts that have plagued other denominations. That's why the Bible says, wherefore come out from among her, lest ye be partakers of her plagues. That can apply in various different situations. If you're in an apostate church, it can apply. Now I understand there's a biblical concept there. Okay, The, the biblical concept is what I'm talking about here. Uh, we're not supposed to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what communion hath Christ with Belial. 2 Corinthians 6.14. Well, if, if a gay Lutheran pastor isn't an unbeliever, I don't know what is, because he's not a believer. I don't care what he comes out of his mouth. I could care less. Why? Because by their fruit ye shall know them. And his fruit has shown me what he is. Particularly, you know, these guys are open about it. Which I would rather them be open about it, to be quite honest. At least they're not playing out in the shadows. Can you imagine coming out of the closet and you're actually pastor of a church and then still wanting to stay in the church and that the and that the, their 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 parishioners or whatever let them do this oh it's unbelievable the reverend rick roberts and i've done a whole study on that title reverend which is totally unbiblical the only time that applies is to god himself holy and reverend is he meaning god that's what the bible says you just can't reverend in my search box on my homepage, you'll find it. The Reverend Rick Roberts, pastor of St. John Lutheran's Church in Donaldson, says members of his church are split on the issue. Split? Well, the Bible says if the blind leadeth the blind, they'll both fall into a ditch. And again, of whom a man is overcome, the same he's brought into bondage. Well, these a lot of these people have been totally overcome. They're split on the issue. Well, I can tell you one thing, the Bible's not split on the issue. We're going to read those verses, a couple of those verses. Then he goes on to say, he believes the new proposal provides a workable solution. It's time for us to make a decision and to move on. Roberts said, Roberts points out that while Jesus described marriage as being between a man and a woman, he never addressed homosexuality. Oh, evidently, and that's a lie from the pit of hell, because yes, he did. His word does. Remember, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same in the beginning was God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And then it goes on to say, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among men, and they beheld His glory. Okay, the Word became flesh. Jesus Christ became flesh. 
So his word has plenty to say about this. He goes on to say, I wish Jesus had said something about this, but he didn't. You lying devil. You unreverend lying devil. Isn't this a pitiful thing when, when you got somebody like like me having to rebuke these people and they and they should be the ones that are the spiritual leadership and be the ones that have but they're not. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. They're hirelings. They have no true love for the sheep. They don't tell you the truth. And I say, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Galatians 4.16 they, no tr- they have no desire for truth. They have desire for wickedness. The Bible says, wherefore I beseech thee, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own bellies, mean their own carnal appetites and desires. And by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. That verse absolutely applies right here. Romans 16, verse 17 and 18. That's what applies here. So he says Jesus never said anything about this. Well, his word says plenty. You devil. Here's a couple verses. Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators... Uh, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, which would mean like an effeminate man, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Romans one twenty six through twenty eight. For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections. God gave them up. It says. For even their women did change the natural use of their use into that which is against nature. So this is lesbians. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burn in their lust one toward another. Again, sodomites, homosexuals. Burn in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly. Men with men. And receiving in themselves the recompense, meaning the, the reward, of their heir, which was meat. That word meat means fit or proper. It was it was the reward that they were that their, their fitting reward essentially. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, this is why they're trying to get the Bible outlawed as hate speech. And I've done several teachings on this, on where they're going to try to outlaw the Bible as hate speech because of these verses here. Uh, in the King James Bible. Now, they've got watered-down versions right now that have eliminated all this stuff or, or totally changed the meanings of everything. This is why it's very important what Word of God... There's only one Word of God. There's not 352 different versions. Forever, O Lord, thy Word is settled. Where? In heaven. And you need to make sure your Bible matches what's up in heaven. Okay? And also, that has to do with scriptural memorization, quoting it. If we all had different Bibles, Bible says God is not the author of confusion. There's one word of God. And the Bible for today in the English language is the King James Bible. Okay, I'm not knocking the Hebrew or the Greek or anything like that. So I had a guy the other day, oh, you're King James only. Well, I'm King James only as far as, yes, it's the Bible for today in the English language. I'm not knocking you know, the underlying Greek or Hebrew or anything like that. I'm not doing that at all. Okay, So I don't go, I'm not in like the Peter Ruckman camp either. Okay, which 
that's a whole other deal. But um, anyway, I refer people to Dr. D.A. Waite on this particular subject uh, because I believe he has biblical balance and he's been doing it for like 60 plus years. He's a King James Bible defender. Um, so that's where Bible for Today is his, just do a keyword search, Bible for Today or Dr. D.A. Waite. He's got more resources than you can possibly imagine regarding defense of the King James Bible and the underlying texts. So, going back to this verse, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, that's why they want to ban the Bible, that way they don't have to think about God. They'll be thinking about Him plenty when they plunge into hell, though. Okay, and then it says, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. See, God gives them over to a reprobate mind. To do things which are not convenient. Or not, that word convenient means fit or proper again. Now, where else does it say that? Second Thessalonians chapter 2 where it talks about the end times, where God gave them over to strong delusion. It says, For God sh- shall send them strong delusion, that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness, that they will believe the lie. The, the big lies coming, the end time deception, the lying signs and wonders and miracles of the false prophet and the antichrist. We've talked about that a lot. That, that's one of the major lies, I should say. Not the only. Uh, going back to Romans, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And then continuing in verse 32, who knowing the judgment of God, that they, ha- that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. That's why gays love it when other gay guys come out of the closet. Because it feels like, they feel like, hey, he's doing it, I'm doing it, we're all, you know, misery loves company, we're all on the same level. If we're all doing it, it can't be bad, because he's doing it, he was a good guy. The task force, going back to the article, the task force's proposal hinges on the Lutheran concept of what is called a bound conscience. The idea holds that Christians can disagree on what the Bible says on a wide range of social issues and still worship together. What a piece of garbage that is. Why would anybody go to one of these churches? Why do they even bother calling themselves Christians? They are they are basing their viewpoints on opinions and not the Word of God. They've just admitted that. That's, that's what this concept of this bound conscience No wonder it's this way. This idea of bound conscience in the Lutheran Church says the idea holds that Christians can disagree on what the Bible says on a wide range of social issues and still worship together. How do you think the Lord Jesus Christ feels about that? Yeah, you could disagree with my word and still worship together. Hey, anything goes. You know, he who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. That's what the Bible says. There is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Jeremiah 17, 5. That's what you're doing when you go to one of these churches where you've got a sodomite over you. Or some reverend guy that's in some apostate ministry. Oh, but he's a good man. Then why isn't he giving you truth? Why is he even in this 501c3 abomination denomination Why would he want to yoke himself up with that? And why would he be leading you astray? 
If Satan can be transformed into an angel of light, it is no marvel that his ministers can be transformed into ministers of righteousness. At least they appear that way. Satan doesn't care how he gets you to hell as long as he gets you there. Well, I almost got saved. Well, it doesn't matter. You're, you're burning in hell now for eternity. And then, be, and then to be cast into the lake of fire. Now, I did a whole teaching on true salvation. You can access that, just key in part of the word for salvation regarding that subject. So, if we go further, the Reverend Kevin Martin, another pastor of Celebration Lutheran Church. I went by a church the other day, drove by, and it was Celebration Church. And I thought to myself, they should change the name from Celebration to Mourning now, I don't mean like the morning, the sun coming up in the morning. I mean mourning, like you mourn. We should be mourning on our knees before God. If I got what I deserved, all I'd get is death and hell. And that's what I think about myself. That's, that's all I think about myself. You ever get, I, there's an evangelist, a friend of mine, and he, ever, he would say this quote a lot. He'd say, you ever get just sick and tired of your old sorry self? That's how I feel about myself, okay? And these guys, though, are glorying in their shame. That's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. It says you, you've not rather mourned, but you glory in your shame. That's what the church is doing. It's the Revelation 3 church, the Laodicean church. They're neither hot nor cold. They're, luke, they're lukewarm. They take no stance on anything. Well, they don't stand for something, so they fall for everything. Or they don't take a stand on it at all. They base it on their opinions. They've admitted this through this, this bound conscience thing. Where's that in the Bible? The Word of God is fixed and true. It's not something that's subject to our whims and opinions. Oh yeah, I can just go through my life footloose and fancy free and do whatever I want to do. Man, this is, this is so unbelievably dangerous. You talk about doctrines of devils. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Isn't it a pitiful thing when you've got the pastors where that's the ones that, are, that it applies to the most? I'm not talking every single pastor now. Okay? And I'm not saying every single pastor that's at the head of a 501c3 church is some devil. I'm not saying that, okay? But a lot of them are. And it's only getting worse. And it's only getting more and more watered down. So this... The Bible talks about this, this celebration church. I was wanted to make that point on the, the word mourning. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes that wisdom is found in the house of mourning. But fools are found in the house of myrrh. Myrrh meaning frivolity, celebration. Hey, I'm going to party. Myrrh. M-I-R-T-H. I think that's how you spell it. There's wisdom in the house of mourning. If you've ever been through like the valley or through the furnace of affliction with God where he takes you to the woodshed, okay? If you've ever been through that, you mourn. But you will learn more in the valley than you will ever learn on the mountaintop. You will learn more when you're at the lowest when you cry out to God and you humble yourself and you fear God, that's when you learn. That's when. That's how mourning and that teaches you these things. You don't learn anything in myrrh. Oh, yeah, hey, I'm having a party. It's great, wonderful, whatever. But they have their celebration, Lutheran Church. What are they celebrating? 
they're glorying in their shame. Yeah, I guess evidently that's what they're celebrating. Oh man, I just the, the just the names of these churches burns me up. Uh, Pastor of Celebration Lutheran Church, Mount Juliet, said his congregation has avoided disputes over homosexuality, over over sexuality. Oh, why doesn't that surprise me? Hey, we're just here to celebrate and worship and praise God. That's all we're here. We don't take any stand on anything. We're 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 the last thing from salt and light. Let me tell you that right now, brother. We're just here to worship God. That's it. How can you come before God in a totally unholy, debauched state? Do you think God accepts that worship? Now, I'm talking to myself as much as I would. I'm not acting like I'm Mr. Perfect. I'm saying, could any of us go before God in this unholy, debauched state, totally disregarding the Word of God? Not caring. Obviously, that's what they feel. Their opinion counts more than the Word of God. How is God going to hear your prayer how is he going to receive your worship? It's an abomination. It's a stench in his nostrils. That's all it is. Verily, you have your reward. You can go up and appear before men like I'm Mr. Holy or whatever, but verily, you have your reward. It's like when you give to be seen among all men. Verily, you have your reward. You have no reward in heaven. So... But he goes on to say he doesn't think the new proposal will affect his congregation about this gay clergy thing. It probably won't, because they obviously stand for nothing. There's a church on just about every corner, it seems like, in America. And they're doing, from my estimation, it seems like they're doing nothing to stem the tide of evil. I mean, I'm glad for these organizations that, that are doing this with this... Uh, going after the Pepsi thing. But I'm just talking about churches in general. I just don't see the salt and light. Light exposes darkness. Well, they'd lose that 501c3 status. They can't risk that. They'd be unpopular. They'd have people leaving their church in droves. Why? Because they're part of the problem. They're part of the system. The IRS gave them their right to exist. It established their 501c3 corporate status. The IRS, one of the most evil, wicked organizations on the planet, Gave them their right to exist. And they wonder why they're corrupted? They had to go to the state to get their licensing. By the power invested in me, by the state of Florida, I now pronounce you man and wife. What? Doesn't that sound... Is there something wrong with that? Shouldn't it be by the power invested in me, by the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the First and the Last, I now pronounce you man and wife? Shouldn't that kind of be the way it would read? No, it's by the state of Florida, by the state of Alabama or Virginia or whatever. Wow, so I had to get licensing to be a preacher, had to get licensing to be in a church, and have my corporate 501c3 institution so everybody could write it off on their IRS taxes. That's a great reason and motivation. And so I could be seen among all men. I'm not saying that's always everyone's motivation. But just pointing out some things here. I mean, don't think I'm opinionated on this. I, I don't mean to be come off that way. No, just kidding. Sorry, it's easy. Anyway, so, he doesn't think the, the new proposal will, accept, uh, will affect his congregation. No, it won't. And then he just, then he says, we'll just keep going about our business. He said, spoken like a true hireling, a lukewarm apostate. Reverend. Unreverend is what I should call you. Nothing reverend about you. I won't call somebody reverend. I won't do it. 
I, I've had people, oh, I'm Reverend L. Hey, how you doing? I won't call him that. I, I will not. That's a title for God. In 2007, then we have the other Reverend Bradley Schmeling, a gay Lutheran pastor in, in Atlanta. So let me just say unreverend. Unreverend Bradley Schmeling, who is a gay Lutheran pastor in Atlanta. Can you imagine a gay Lutheran pastor calling himself reverend? You see the unbelievable, twisted, perverted irony in that? Or is it just me? I don't know. Call me crazy. But he goes on to say, he was removed from the denomination's clergy roles. He's been allowed to remain at the church for now. <laughs> the Bible talks about what you're supposed to do with these people in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. If they will not repent of their wickedness, and particularly when it per- pertains to sexual wickedness, which is what Second Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians chapter 5 is in reference to, the Bible says, turn such an one over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the soul may be saved in the day of the Lord. That's what the Bible says. Don't you know that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? A little sin, a little leaven, leavens the whole lump of dough. If you let that into your church, then it's going to affect the whole church. That's what they're saying. Well, now everybody from, from the top down is leavened. So they don't think anything of it because the whole church has been leavened. You wonder why they can be so blind. That's why. The whole thing's leavened. They're blind. They can't see anymore. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 5. I did a whole teaching on turning such a one over to Satan. You can reference that. I guarantee you hardly never hear that one preached. Because most of the time they'd have to start at the pastor. Not everyone, but a lot of them. The majority, I would have to say. So, the Southeastern Bishop H. Julian Gordy, a Franklin resident, said giving churches a local option is a new idea for Lutherans. Yeah, give them that option. Through some, though some Lutherans believe that women should not be ordained, well, that's what the Bible says, but, for example, synods are not allowed to bar women as pastors. But this pastor, this, this unreverend guy, still believes that the compromise, the compromise could work compromise. (laughs) Uh, The Bible says, choose whom this day you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Then he goes on to say, but it's going to be hard. You know, the the whole compromise thing. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a hard thing. How sickening. These are black and white issues. You don't have to have the discernment of a dung beetle to know what's right and wrong about these particular issues. But evidently, they can't quite figure it out. They've chosen to trust in their own heart and totally cast aside the Word of God. I'm going to end on this, and then next week, or the next teaching I'm going to do, which it might be a couple weeks, I don't know, because I've got um, some, some things I have to do this week. I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to be able to do a teaching next week. But uh, the next teaching we're going to do is going to be on the child pornography pandemic that's sweeping the world. So, it's not going to tone down any. It's only going to probably heat up more with this. Because that is beyond an abomination. But, this, I'm going to end here. This is from um, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Um, it recently came out. And it's entitled, John Burroughs High School Prom Invitation Pushes the Envelope. Now, we're, we're discussing the, the declining morality and debauchery of America. And we wonder, you know, you know why... You look at this and you say, okay... All this stuff is happening, but see, nobody's 
doing anything really about it. And that's the problem. There's very few people, as I should say, proportionately. There's not enough uh, crying out against this type of stuff to have much of an impact. And I don't mean my listeners, okay, because I'm not saying that, but I'm talking about in general with the churches. So, um, this article starts out by saying, is this prom invitation appropriate? And you can't see this, and I'm not going to even put this on the PDF, because it's not appropriate. It's just like the family guy. I I said probably more than I should have said, but I could have got a lot more in depth, and I didn't do it. But um, it says this XMOX talk show host, Mark Reardon, showed me a copy of the John Burroughs invite for the prom. And does it seem a little strange? Now, you have to remember, this is this is coming from some unsaved secular reporter, okay? She says, doesn't it seem a little strange? Well, it seems more than that, trust me. I'll, I'm going to go over this. It says, plus, it says it includes an invite to the after-party, the after-party to the prom, hosted by the devilish junior class parents. That's how they refer to themselves, as the devilish junior class parents. Which leads me to think a parent probably saw it before it went to press. Um... So, I'm looking at this thing, and it's three things, this prom invitation, and it starts out by saying, it's all in black, and it says, calling all sinners. It says, we request your presence in hell. That's how this prom invite is starting out. John Burroughs High School. Evidently, it's in the St. Louis area. And then it goes on April 4th, 2009. It hasn't even happened yet. 9.30... and then, it, and then it says, let the sin begin to honor the class of 2009. Can you believe this? Even in a secular high school, this is unbelievable. And then the next page, it shows this picture of this really seductive looking woman. Um, and it has, at the very bottom, all it has is the words lust at the bottom. And it's like, it's like the god, you would think of her as like the goddess of lust. That's probably who it is. And then, the, the last page, it says, Then continue the sin on after prom, 2009. And then right below that, it has a circle with a pentagram in it with the goat of Mendez or Baphomet in the middle. Now, if you don't understand what I just said, you have the pentagram, okay, which is the star inside a circle. This is what witches wear. If you see a witch wearing one and the point is up, they're a good witch. They're a, into white witchcraft, which is all a joke. It's, it's all an abomination. But if you see the, the star pointing down, that means they're into black witchcraft. Well, this, this star on this page I'm looking at right now has the circle with the star pointing down on a black surface. And in the middle, you can see... Um, the goat head, what is referred to as either the goat of Mendez or Baphomet, which is basically like Baal or the devil, Satan himself. This is a very, very important symbol in witchcraft. Incredibly powerful. The only symbol that's more wicked is the hexagram, which is what's on the Israeli flag, unfortunately. And I've done two teachings on the hexagram and how that might relate to the mark of the beast. It doesn't mean I'm condemning all of Israel, okay? It means that they were duped into getting that on their flag. It has nothing to do with the, with the uh, Star of David. It was never that. might have been the Seal of Solomon at one point because they, he fell away at some point. But I did a whole two-part teaching on that with supporting documentation. So watch, listen to that and look at the documentation uh, before you fly off the handle on that one. So going further, 
Uh, then it says, this is the after party, and they've got their goat of this, this buffon. I mean, you talk about putting a, a curse on this prom. My word. And then it goes on to say, hosted by the devilish junior class parents. Evidently, they were the ones that put this together. Boy, they, they're, they're really coming out. I mean, I wonder seriously how many of them are Satanists. Because I do not believe that anybody that could put out that level of the occult could possibly be innocent of their actions. They know what they're doing at that level. I mean, we're talking some high-level occult stuff there. And I just, I'm going to go ahead and end there, and uh, we, will, uh, we will continue next time that we, uh, Lord willing, the next time we can come back together. I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time that you've given us. Lord God, for all your goodness and mercy that you bestowed upon us. I, I pray, God, that you give us eyes to see, hearts to receive, and ears to hear. Lord God, that you would forgive us for any and all sins we have committed in any way, shape, or form. That the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. That you would cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. That you would separate us, Lord God, from this wicked world in whatever manner you see fit, Lord God. That you would separate us and sanctify us. Make us holy, Lord God. Uh, Use us as salt and light, Lord God, to the lost and dying world around us. I pray, God, that you would bless my listeners, bless the body of Christ, Lord God, the widows, the orphans, the meek, the weak, those that cannot defend themselves, Lord God, those that don't have food, those that don't have water, those that don't have shelter. I I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over them, over my listeners. I pray, God, that your angels would encamp around about them, Lord God, in heaven, that you bless them. Lord God, that you use us mightily in the days to come, that you would give us, increase our faith, Lord God, For without faith it is impossible to please you, Lord. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I pray, God, you would increase our faith. And that, Lord God, that we would be obedient, even unto death if necessary, regarding whatever you would have us do. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony and their love of their lives, not unto the death. I just pray, Lord God, you'd use us mightily and that you would protect us, Lord God, in the days to come. That you would hide us from the secret counsel of the wicked and from the workers of iniquity who wet their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words, that they may shoot in secret at the perfect. Suddenly do they shoot at him and fear not. They encourage themselves in an evil matter. They commune of laying of snares privily. They say, who shall see them? They search out iniquities. They accomplish a diligent search. Both the inward thought of every one of them and the heart is deep. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded. So they shall make their own tongues to fall upon themselves. All that see them shall flee away, and all men shall fear and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider of his doing. Lord God, as we just spoke your word from Psalm 64, if they will not repent, Lord God, these wicked, particularly some of the wickedness that we have talked about, if they will not repent, Lord God, I'm not asking you to go out and kill anybody. I pray to God you save their souls, Father God, if it be possible. But you know the beginning from the end. And if they will not do it, I pray, Lord God, you deal with them accordingly so that they are not permitted to take more people to hell with them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that thy name would be glorified and that wickedness would be put down under your foot. We ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.